Hey friends, it's Ashley and Jana. Welcome back to season two of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, welcome back to the Weekly Bugle, WandaVision episode five blew us away for many different reasons. I think combined we may have watched it at least five times at this point, maybe more. It was titled on a very special episode, and yeah, it was very special indeed. And if you're new here or haven't already, we would love it if you left us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, wherever you're listening from. It helps our podcast reach other geeks and the more the geekier. So let's get into it. Episode five, WandaVision. Oh my God. (laughs) They just keep getting better. Like every episode just gets a little bit better than the last. Okay, maybe a lot better than the last. Although the last two were pretty, I mean, four was really good, but five was like exponentially better in my opinion. Right. But I feel like we say that every week. Like, man, that was just, it's getting better and better. I just feel like we're going to keep saying that and then it's going to end. (laughs) We're going to be like, ah. Yeah, but one and two for me were about the same. And then three was like, oh, okay, now we're getting the action. And then four was like, okay, now we've brought the Marvel. Right. Then we got to five this week and it was like, whoa, no holds barred. Like, this is full on Marvel and then some. It's like an action movie. Ah, uh, it was so good. TV series, and it's so good. But like, man, that thirty-ish minutes flies. You get to the end of that, and you're oh, just like, real. wait, wait, we're done. Like, I need more. I I need yes. more every week, <laughs> which I think is in part the reason that we go back and watch it so many times, right? I know that we go back and we're looking for Easter eggs and we're looking for clues mm-hmm. and you know rewatching expressions and captions, no captions, like the whole shebang. But I also feel like part of the reason I'm invested to do that is because I want so much more that I'm like, oh, let's go watch it from the top. Wanda, should we take it from the top? <laughs> yes, every time. <laughs> and I love to. So um, if you didn't know, Disney Plus has a group watch feature <gasps> and we've started group watching it together with another friend of ours. So it's every Friday we're like, all right, we're ready. And we all like get together. And it's hilarious because I, I noticed like after the, the credits roll, We've all stopped talking to each other. We just just disappear. And it's like, all right, I know they're watching it again. You know, (laughs) it's like we all stop. We're like, I can't. I got to concentrate now. Yes. And it's so funny because I don't remember who it was this week. Was it Megan or was it you? One of you texted the group and was like, okay, I know you're rewatching this and I have a question or something. (laughs) Like I literally laughed out loud. I think that was Megan, but yeah, like seriously, <laughs> it's like a coordinated thing. Like we, we're texting like mad while we're watching. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. Did you see that? And this, and this, and this, and then like right after silence, <laughs> just dead radio silence. <laughs> Please stand by. It's kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you like to geek out about stuff like that in real time with friends, like totally set up a group watch. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any nerdy friends, I mean, just message us. We'll, we'll totally watch it with you. <laughs> oh, we would. Totally. Massive Marvel group watch. I'm in for it. Yes, right? Okay, it's time for like a quick breakdown. And I think, Ashley, you should do this again because you, you know, I mean, you you do a post every week anyway, but you just do a really good job at the breakdown. And I think it just yeah. should be your thing. So have at it, girl. All right. Well, 
this one I feel like is a little hard to make it condensed because there's so much going on, but I will try. I mean, aren't they always hard to make condensed? I, I know, but this one, I think this week was definitely like, there was a lot going on. All right. I mean, so we start the episode. Uh, we got new parents. They're super tired. The babies don't sleep. Everybody who's ever been around a newborn can say amen. <laughs> but yeah, so Wanda does what every m- new mom and dad and wishes they could do and tries to use her powers to get them to be quiet. And it does not work. I believe that's a bit of foreshadowing. As Agnes says um, a few minutes later, that you can't control kids no matter how hard you try. Interesting in a show where Wanda presumably is in control of everything, right? So Agnes comes in, the nosy neighbor. She's just trying to be helpful. Vision freaks out in true new dad fashion. Like, oh, you got to hold their head and you got to watch out for this. And watch. And then he's just like, don't touch them, you know, and it throws Agnes like all the way off. And she drops the sitcom thing and she's like, should we just take it from the top? And Vision and Wanda are looking at her uh, confused. The babies aren't crying at this point either. It was just really weird. And then... Agnes laughs. Wanda laughs. Everything's fine. Babies are crying. Vision's like, what? (laughs) What just happened? And Wanda just, you know, again, brushes him off. He keeps trying to say something to her, but is disrupted by the fact that the boys have aged themselves up to five. So we go from infant to five in the matter of maybe three minutes. That's when Agnes is like, you can't control them. We get our opening credits and then bam, we're back outside in the sword camp. Monica is getting tested after her expulsion from Westview. Wu and Darcy come in to talk to her. Uh, I believe this is now officially a Dr. Lewis and Agent Wu Stan podcast. Because huh. I love them both. Should we just change our name? <laughs> no, we really should. I mean, I adore them. Wu is like so happy to bring his bestie some coffee. Like, he introduced Darcy the correct way. I'm like, yes, I love all of When this. I saw him with the coffee cups, I literally cheered. I was like, woo, woo, coffee! It was so He had a big old smile. He was just so happy. I was like, I love uh, this so best. much. Uh, so an interesting point at this point is that Monica's x-rays turn up blank and her blood work was inconclusive. And the doctor from S.W.O.R.D. is like, oh, we need to run some more tests. Monica quickly shuts that down. Not happening. Nah, we're done here. (laughs) And we can talk about that, why that is in a second. But moving on, in the briefing room, Wu is giving a brief background on Wanda. And Hayward tries to cut in and, like, be a total jerk. I mean, he is a total jerk. Let's be real. But Wu is too nice to say stuff like that, but Darcy is not. And that's why I love the two of them together. Because she's like, it's okay. You stay pure and innocent. But I'm not. So I'm totally going to call him a beep. Because <laughs> he is one. Um, Hayward is calling Wanda a terrorist and saying all these nasty things about her, painting her as a villain. Monica, Wu, and Darcy at various points are like, yeah, but that's not the whole picture of her. Sure, she started out fighting against the Avengers, but she joins them by the end of that whole encounter. Like, what's going on? He shows a security footage of Wanda breaking into S.W.O.R.D. to get Vision's body. Now, he also makes a point to say that Vision's living will states that he did not want his body to be used as a weapon. 
well, why does Sword have him? Why is he in pieces in an active lab if they're just, quote, honoring his wishes? It's a little fishy. Yes. Just a bit. And I can't wait to talk about this a little bit later on, too, because that whole scene is just like, hold up. (laughs) So problematic. Oh, super problematic. So back in Westview, the boys have found a dog. They name him Sparky. Sparky was the Vision family dog in the comic books. However, comic book Sparky was a synthesoid-like Vision and not a real dog. Wanda's like, okay, creates a collar for the dog. The boys have aged themselves up to 10. And what's interesting to note here is that Agnes doesn't seem surprised by any of it. Now, up until now, Agnes, always delayed though, shows her surprise at the things that happen around Wanda and Vision. But it seemed like in this episode, she got tired of pretending she didn't notice or didn't already know that they have powers. Interesting again. (laughs) Just saying. Monica is talking about going back into the hex. Hex. High five. We've been calling it that for a while. (laughs) Um, And she needs like all this stuff. And she goes, wait, I know somebody who can help. I know an aerospace engineer. And she starts to text this person. And of course, we're all like, it's Reed Richards. Oh, my God. This would be the coolest way to bring in Fantastic Four. Darcy and Wu are talking about Wanda. They all know that Wanda's super powerful, right? I mean, after all, she literally could have taken Thanos out without any help had he not called in that blitz, which Monica points out. Wu t- brings up Captain Marvel and Monica's like, mm, not trying to talk about her, which again, that's another interesting thing. What happened between her and Carol that causes that kind of a uh, visibly annoyed look that she's got going on. Back inside the bubble at Vision's job, computational services, they've received an 80s upgrade and Norm is super excited. He says, cowabunga, dude. I laughed because I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a kid. <laughs> and a top secret communique from S.W.O.R.D. is the first email this company receives. It's on everyone's computer. And then like the weird for the children chant, they all so kind weird. of start reading this email, which addresses the Maximoff anomaly. And Vision and no one thinks anything of it except for Vision, which I think is really kind of weird. Right. Well, they were all kind of just like, you know, uh, what? Dr. Dr. Darcy Lewis findings regarded. Like, it was just weird. And then Super Vision weird. is like, uh, like, what's happening? Norm's like, it's not real. None of it's real. And I'm like, see, there again. Play on words. But Vision turns and looks at Norm and does the, like, fingertips to the forehead, the temples, like he does to Agnes in the tra- one of the trailers. And Norm completely snaps out of his mind control, starts to freak out, questioning everything, and he's telling Vision, you have to stop her. Vision's like, what? Vision ends up putting him back under because Norm is absolutely 100% freaking out. And then Norm's just like, oh, okay, but it's cool, like, as soon as he's back under. So S.W.O.R.D. and its infinite wisdom sends in an 80s drone because the drone won't have to change to fit Wanda's reality. Monica wants to use it as a talking point because, as I said earlier, Monica knows how powerful Wanda is. She's smart enough to know that this is not going to end well unless you can have a conversation with her because Mm -hmm. she can take out everybody. 
Maybe mm. except well, maybe except Monica. Monica might be the only one that would survive that. So the drone goes in. Monica's trying to talk to her. And then Hayward's like, launch the missile, which, of course, sets off Wanda. All of a sudden, the perimeter breach alarm sounds. Please stand by. Gets thrown up on the TV. And Wanda walks out of the hex, dragging the drone, looking fierce as anything in her in-game attire. And she stands there facing off against whatever the entire sword army that happens to be gathered. And And she is not pleased. (laughs) No, she does that. She is, she's not even scared. They all have these like lasers pointed at her chest, like for their sights on their rifles. She's not even phased. I was like, Oh girl. She's like, take your toy and GTFO. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And again, going back to the vision's body, which we'll talk about in a second, when Monica's just trying to talk to her and she's like, you, you, on some level, you know, I'm here for you. I'm an ally. Like I'm not an enemy. What can I do? What do you want? She tells Monica, I have everything I want. Then she looks at Hayward and she says, and no one's going to take it from me ever again. And I was like, first of all, she knew who director Hayward was, even though he didn't introduce himself. Mm-hmm. And she, she director she by clearly, yep. clearly was not pleased with him. So some things have happened there in the last like week or so since the blip got fixed. So yeah. Anyways, then she does that epic, like throws her power up there, flicks her hand, like it's whatever. And every last soldier turns their sights on the Hayward. And I about lost it. I was like, Oh my God, it's such an awesome scene. Yes. I mean, we basically erupted with like, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. It was so good. And it mirrors two different scenes in the X-Men films where Magneto, who's her father in the comic books, does something similar. So Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, I was losing it. I was like, it was so good. They were like, what? what, what?" The internet was amazing. It was. And then we get a commercial break. We haven't had one in a while. So now we're back. Hilarious, bizarre timing, or perfect timing, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) I feel Um, like in this show, it's bizarrely perfect. Right, exactly. It's just funny. Like, if you were watching a normal thing, you're just like, whoa, wait, what? Like, this commercial is, (laughs) like, inappropriately appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And this commercial is about Lagos. Now, Lagos is from... Yep. Lagos (laughs) is from Civil War. And that is the city at the beginning of the movie where Wanda... By trying to get the bomb away from the people on the street, manages to hurt people not on purpose uh, that were in the building because it blew up a building as she kind of shot it up in the air. And so, yeah, the paper towel brand Lagos is about cleaning up messes you didn't mean to make. And the she's cleaning up blood. Well, red juice, but you know, hey, red juice, yeah. it's red. Um, now that she's dealt with sword and told them to leave her alone and she'll leave them alone let's all play nice she comes back the boys are frantically searching for sparky agnes ends up saying that she found him in her azalea bushes and that he's dead jana has an interesting thought on that lies (laughs) anyways it sets off a super heavy emotional scene for wanda and the boys So she's trying to talk them through their grief. She's telling them not to grow up and try to get past this too quickly, that I know it hurts. You want to run. 
from it, but that's not going to help. Tommy literally begs her to fix the dead. Agnes is like, can you do that? And Wanda ends up saying, you can't reverse death. Some things are forever. But Billy will again ask her to bring Sparky back. Mom, you can do anything. Like, bring him back. Fix the dead. It was a very emotional scene because I felt like she wasn't just counseling them. She was also counseling herself in that moment because of Vision and everything. So Vision comes home. He knows the boys are sad. Um, But he hasn't forgotten that confrontation with Norm. And so he starts to address it. And he says, you can't control me the way you control them. She kind of cocks her head and goes, can't I? And then fake credits start to roll. And he is not having it this time. He adamantly refuses to let it go. He's not going to be distracted. He wants to know what's going on. And in a most, I mean, the last, I don't even know how many minutes of it, what, five minutes, three minutes, that acting between the two of them in this final scene was so phenomenal. Bethany having a breakdown as Vision about what's going on, why he doesn't remember anything. He doesn't know who he is or what happened, what's going on. He's so upset and hurt because he loves Wanda. And why why is this going on? And she breaks down too. She literally doesn't have an answer for him other than she's doing it for their family. He doesn't want to know what's outside of Westview, according to her. But at the same time, she also claims she's not controlling everyone, that there's no way she could be controlling every single thing happening in Westview. She makes the point of like dentist appointments and walking dogs. She's like, I can't control all that. And then the doorbell rings. And Vision just looks at her like, of course, right? Here comes your distraction. The doorbell rang. And she's like, I didn't do it. And I honestly, I believe her. I don't think she did. Mm-mm. And so he's just like, I'm going against statistics here, though, which I think has been the point. I think a lot of things have been trying to put the blame on Wanda in order to mask who else is hiding and who right. else is doing shady stuff. Exactly. So the doorbell yeah. rings again. She gets up to answer it. And standing on the other side is her brother, Pietro, but not... MCU Age of Ultron Pietro. It's actually Fox's version of the character who goes by the mutant name, Quicksilver, played by Evan Peters. She looks extremely shocked because that's not her brother. Darcy is like the rest of us going, she recast Pietro? What's happening? And Wanda is just standing there just like confused and he makes this like John Travolta in Greece type like remark. Like he that's the kind of vibe he was giving me. He's like, totally. Oh, you can't give long lost bro a hug or something like that. And she hugs him, but she still looks visibly like something's not right. Right. She's and, like, I guess I'm gonna hug you, but mm. Right. And then the credits roll. And we all sat there going, Oh my god, what just happened? Yep. <laughs> Okay, so do we unpack this from the beginning or the end? <laughs> well, let's start with Monica. Yeah. Why was Monica's x-rays blank? I mean, I'm going with she already has her powers. And whether or not she 100%. knows that, I'm not sure. I feel like she at least knows there's something going on, but I feel like she knows she has powers. Agreed. And I think 
Sword doesn't know. I I think so. I yeah. I don't think Sword knows, but she knows she has powers, and she knew those X rays were going to be blank again. Maybe she doesn't understand why. Like that's what I'm thinking. Is it like she has powers, but she doesn't really understand the depth of them or the why yet? But I think Possibly. she might she definitely knows about them but she knew that the x-ray was going to be blank the second time it didn't surprise her that it was not right right she absorbs x-ray whatever the radiation and i think that's why she had no issues going in and out of the barrier to westview 100 100 and that's That's why why you know i mean she was protected but she also and i think it actually makes her stronger 100 percent I agree. I think she has them. I, she has not told Sword, and she doesn't want Sword to know. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Is where is where I'm landing, and I know, and I firmly am in the stance of she doesn't want Hayward to know anything because she doesn't trust him. One hundred percent. Well, yeah, because then we could go straight to that guy. And uh, speaking of Hayward, yeah. <laughs> we told you so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Like, and it just gets more. I told every, you so. every week. There's just more proof that he's not a good person. So Vision in the lab. I mean, that's also straight out of the comics, by the way, of her coming in and seeing Vision like in pieces. So I don't think Wanda stole him out of spite. I think she went in and got him because they're using him to make weapons. Which was against his, like 100% against his wishes. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. She took him... Take his body to keep him from doing what he didn't want done with it. Exactly. Not but how did Sword get it is my question. Because well, the last we saw it, Wakanda had it. And I don't think yes. Shuri and them would have turned him over like that. No, I don't think so either. So then how did they get into Wakanda? Which is also highly unlikely. I wonder if they pulled some bureaucratic governmental nonsense. That kind of what I'm thinking. Or like, like they're something in the Accords. I'd have to ask Wu. He knows all about the Accords. Yeah. <laughs> to get his body. But yeah, they were definitely, that was an active, active lab he was in. It wasn't just like he was in a meat locker somewhere, you know? Oh, no, no. That was for sure. I think they all know it was suspect. But Mr. I'm the acting director, but I just got authorization to share this footage. Baloney, you make the right. authorization. That's There's exactly what. You. Unless exactly. You the and the government's not going to. Like you, you are the person that would care about this footage. I was like, I right, yeah, me. yeah. It's definitely Ugh. to to Hi. further that narrative that Wanda's mm-hmm. the bad guy. But I'm like, he gave himself away showing that footage, and I don't think Wu. It got past Wu, Darcy, and Monica. I think the three of them oh, noticed that that's one hundred percent. That was to further his narrative. I also thought I would point out something interesting about just his name in general. So Mm -hmm. the meaning of the name Hayward, like its origins, the old English meaning is an occupational name for an official who has the responsibility of protecting land or an enclosed forest. But it's basically uh, from the old middle English name, Hay, Mm -hmm. which is enclosure and ward, which is guardian. Interesting. Yeah, I just like point that out. Like, so even, you know, I know all these things kind of like come from comics and there's like some canon behind a lot of what they put in here, but even the names that they choose often have some kind of other meaning behind them. Oh, a hundred percent. Right. Like, I just, I think that's interesting. I just thought I'd share. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that. That's like your, 
your hexagon deep dive. I love mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, so the summary of that is we told you so. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we told you so. so. Now I want you to talk about Agnes and the dog. Oh, yeah, Agnes. So, you know, and I could be 100% wrong. Like, let's put that caveat out there right now. When they, they come back, they're looking for the dog and they see Agnes rattling in the bushes and she's kind of like at the bottom and she sees him and she's got this look on her face and she, you know, she's like, oh, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring him out until I had him wrapped up. And, you know, she comes out with this blue cloth wrapped around, um, see, my, my nephew is sad about this as well. Didn't want to show them the dead dog until you know, he was wrapped up or whatever, which I mean, I get that. Although less so much because it wasn't like he was hit in a car, hit by a car and gross. He was just dead, but you know, neither here nor there, you know, and she made this comment about how he'd gotten into the azalea bush and she didn't catch him in time and he'd eaten too many. And there's a few things about that, that kind of are a trigger to me. And one is that yes, azaleas are poisonous to animals, cats and dogs, they have to eat a certain percentage in their body weight for them to actually be toxic and die. And it wouldn't generally happen immediately, right? It's one of those things where like, they'd have to eat a lot, they'd get sick, they'd probably throw up first, and they'd have to eat really a lot in order to like poison them and die. The odds of them eating enough for that to even happen is kind of slim in general. Like it's not just gonna happen immediately it's going to be a little bit more of like a buildup, kind of like the chocolate thing. And if they were to eat enough that they would actually die immediately. And I get Sparky was tiny, like he's not a big dog, so it's going to take a lot less. But most animals don't do much more than like a nibble on something like that, that they're toxic to. They tend to have a general sense of awareness or self-preservation when it comes to those types of toxic plants. Not always. Sure. There are the exceptions, but it just seemed like an odd story to be like, oh, your dog died because he sat here and he ate himself through a whole bush of azaleas. And then he, he croaked instantly. Like the, the story she had to go with it is a little BS if you ask me. True. So why do you think she killed the dog? So I think she killed the dog because she was using it as a mechanism to try to egg Wanda on into fixing the dead. Like, I think she killed the dog to try to get Wanda to fix it for her boys, knowing that she would do anything to not disappoint them. And I think Agnes was trying to see just how far she could push her. And when I say Agnes, it could be Agnes under the influence of somebody or something else, not necessarily Agnes herself, but if Agnes is in fact Agatha Harkness, that, you know, she's the witch, she's her mentor from the comics, she's probably capable or knows what Wanda is capable of. In which case she would know that she's capable of bringing back something from the dead. And in this instance, she's probably aware or the person in control is aware that Vision is whatever his situation is brought back from the dead. And I think that she actually knew that Wanda would be capable of bringing Sparky back and wanted to see if she would do it. And I get that she like had this sort of like hopeful look on her face and was like, oh my gosh, you can do that. And she seemed so surprised, but I was like, I just don't 
by it. Because she certainly wasn't surprised when she watched the kids grow five years in front of her face. I don't know. It's just suspect to me. It's just really suspect. Yeah, it was an odd um, scene. I kind of said this morning in our Twitter chat that I think it was hope in Agnes's face, but not necessarily the good kind, meaning for good reasons. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. again, she's hopeful because she needs Wanda to bring back Mephesto completely because his soul fragments are right. dispersed. Right. Or she's hopeful because they're all dead and she needs Wanda to fix that. Sure. Or, yes, like you said, she's just trying to see, to push Wanda into coming into her powers. Because as her mentor, she helped Wanda mm-hmm. kind of develop that aspect. And Wanda, I don't think, knows the depths of her powers yet. I think that's a really fair assessment, like egging her on, but in a way of trying to push her into her powers. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that could really, I mean, I think that's a really good, accurate assessment. Like it's not egging her on to like force her to do something, you know, manipulative, but like in a way that is just trying to get her to grow or like see how far she can take her powers. Yeah. I think that's, and in every uh, Marvel movie that Wanda's been in, it's like a huge surge of her power and yeah. discoveries about her power always happens around something traumatic. Her brother dying in Age of Ultron. In Civil War, you know, there was that bit in Lagos. Then she was uh, under house arrest. And it was just that getting out to help Cap. Like, she used her powers to completely overpower Vision and like shoot him down into like the the cellar not even it was past that into the ground so i'm like she always learns more about her strength in a traumatic way which is awful i feel like that's like a total x-men storyline right with magneto like the trauma um but yeah no but i also think i think you're onto something for sure and I think it's further proof that Wanda's not 100% in control. Because why would she allow that to happen? Yeah, to no, she wouldn't. Boy's dog. She wouldn't allow it at all. No. And again, she seems surprised that they even found a dog. So it's like, you know, hey, if she's really controlling everything and everyone, she would have known about the dog. She wouldn't have let the dog die. Like, Well, and know. I think that. We've all kind of, like, we being, like, outsiders watching who are kind of familiar with the comics and her powers in general and just sort of have been paying attention to, like, what's really happening. And not to say that people who don't know the comics aren't paying attention also, but you know what I mean? Like, um, just those of us that are really invested versus the inside characters who don't know that there's another power, you know, so we know that there's another power at play, most likely. So we've been kind of seeing like these little, you know, puppet strings being pulled along the way. And so when she has that moment with Viz at the end of this episode, it's almost a little heartbreaking because you, you do see the point at which he's super in pain and super like just, and he says, he sees like, Wanda, I'm scared. I've never felt like this. I know, you know, I don't know what's happening. And she's like, you really think that I'm doing this to you? Like she basically is you know, you see her actually being vulnerable and emotional and saying, I I don't know how any of this started. And you go, wow, she really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though we all kind of suspect that. 
but for her to actually just come out and say it, you're like, oh, you're kind of breaking my heart right now because you actually see this moment between the two of them. And you don't very often see those types of moments between the two of them. You might see like those little lighthearted, goofy, flirty moments, or you see, you know, like the care to dance darling and, you know, those little things. And, you know, in some of their previous movies, like we've seen them have their little lovey-dovey romance stuff when they've gotten, you know, started in their relationship. But you rarely see Wanda and Vision in that kind of like, really raw, emotional, vulnerable, like just setting because mm -hmm. I think in part Viz doesn't really have that capability as much and it's just not who they are. So when you see those moments, they're so few and far between. You're just like, wow. Yeah. It was heartbreaking because so many people, again, the narrative is being stacked against her. But I, like I said, I think it's, and it looks like based on promos, Darcy might end up inside the hex herself. I feel like somebody's going to come back in and be like, it's not Wanda, or it's at least not all Wanda. For sure, it's some of her. I don't argue that, yes. but it's not just Wanda. Well, and I think it's interesting that, you know, Monica keeps saying like, oh, what can I do to build a thing to go back in? Which I think is hilarious because I actually think that deep down, she knows she doesn't need anything to go in and out. She can just walk back in. Yeah, exactly. She just walk back in, but I feel like she has to make it look like she needs something to go back in so people don't question her. Right. Um, and the whole time Darcy's like, are you really sure you want to go in? Do you really want to do this based on everything you've seen and done and what she's done to you? And then we see that promo with Darcy in her like shirt suit thing with the little S's on it. And I was like, I, f I feel like Darcy's like pushing to have Monica stay so she can go in instead. Right. To get some readings or something. Uh -huh. Yeah. I, yeah. Th I mean, that's sort of my gut, but who knows? Yeah. Um, same. Because I'm interested to see if Darcy, uh, if, if she gets inside, if she would be able to figure out what's going on with the distortion lines. And so that's mm. a huge point in this uh, episode. If you go back and watch and you didn't notice it before, there are red lines of distortion around almost everything and everyone except Wanda and the twins. Those are the only ones that don't have it. Quicksilver has it at the end. It's in his hair. It's around his uh, like jacket buttons. So if you thought you were going crazy that your television needed to be adjusted, <laughs> you're not. There are definitely red lines around everything. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. And it's funny. I thought they were easier if, if we had a hard time seeing them. Also, I thought they were easier to see on um, my iPad and our huge TV than like our little TV, like our medium sized one. And I don't right. know if it's, I'm sure it's a resolution kind of thing, but also like the type of screen um, in terms of like the color depth that they offer. Um, mm -hmm. Because yeah. I had first, I'd had it at, when we watched it the first time on my iPad or no, sorry, my laptop. And um, I was like, oh, I need to see this bigger. And then I plugged it in on our TV at the condo. And it's kind of just like an older, like it's still a flat screen, but it's like an old flat screen. Um, and I really couldn't see them. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And then so I pulled it up on my iPad. And I was like, oh, I, yeah, I can see those pretty well. And so then I played them on our big TV at home. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think it really depends on like what your TV resolution is. So if you haven't noticed them, 
maybe consider looking at it on a different device if you have that yeah. opportunity also. Definitely. And to finish out our talk on Wanda, because we do have some other things we want to share. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I just want to talk Wanda all day, Ashley. I I know. I mean, it's so much fun. Uh, last quick, uh, we'll get in our theories about, Mef- uh, I was getting ready to say it. We'll get in our theories about Pietro. <laughs> um, I'm team, it's Mephesto. Uh, It's not Pietro. She knows it's not Pietro. It's not the MCU Pietro. And also, he doesn't act like a brother to her. And I know there's been some leaks that show him in, I believe it's next week's episode, um, where he seems like a jerk. Why would her brother be a jerk to her? You know, it's just like, again, goading him, goading her. And I really feel like if it is Mephesto, this is the perfect way for him to get in with her, right? Lure her into a false sense of security. Have her become like you know, to lean on him because now everybody's against her because they think she's mind controlling everybody as he can stay close to the children and watch their powers grow. And then of course, take them, steal them away. Um, Because just like with Monica, who, who is he? How did he get in there? You know, unless this is somebody like Mephesto, AKA Ralph, (laughs) Or, you know, maybe Nightmare, but I really think it's Mephesto, who's already been there, but he's been hanging out, waiting for the opportune moment to come in as a big reveal, as somebody she would recognize. That's my two cents. For sure, um, it's not just her her brother. Um, I absolutely do not believe that. And I'm with you on Team Mephesto. Um I think my only like hold up on that is just kind of like, is this dude really just been hiding in Westview the whole time and we haven't seen or heard from him? So part of me wonders if he hasn't taken a different form while he's been in there. Like, right. was he Ralph? Was he Dottie? Because like, we still haven't seen Ralph and Dottie right. just seemed to like vanish off the side of the earth. Um mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder, like, so that, you know, just to me kind of is like, well, what happened to those characters? Like, we we right. hear about one a lot, and we've seen the other one, but nothing came of her. Like, what happened to them? Um, right. So okay. I, you know, I'm curious about, like, it, has he been hanging out in a different form this whole time doing other things? But yes, I, I agree. I think it's still him. And um, I think next week is going to be explosive. Because mm-hmm. we only have four episodes left. There's nine total. Oh, but with the bad. obsession with the number six in this show, next mm-hmm. week is this week is episode six. Yeah, so I, I just have a feeling it's a lot of stuff's going to come to a head. Something's major is going to happen. And then the credits are going to roll and we're going to have to wait a whole another week before we have any type of resolution. Right. Because that's what Marvel likes to do. But yeah, no, that is my thought. Next, this, this coming episode is going to be insane Insane. do we know how long this episode's going to be yet have we seen oh i feel like they're still in the 30 minute range i mean they're gradually getting a little longer but not long enough you know for us we're like no give me like hours hours i want like two hours every time yeah (laughs) oh goodness yes but speaking of shows we got Uh a new look at falcon and the winter soldier last night during the super bowl so good Ah, it was. I mean, it wasn't a ton of new stuff. However, 
I was here for Sharon Carter kicking those guys' butts up and down the shipyard or wherever the heck they were. <laughs> when I when I first saw she was coming back anyway, I was like, yes, because I've been sad we haven't seen her at all in what eight years or something ridiculous, six years. Like I, I mean, Since she just Civil War, right? Yeah, yeah. I just can't remember how many years that's been. <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like that's forever. fair. <laughs> it um, feels like forever. Is it 2016? I don't know. Maybe it's only four or five years. I don't know. Anyway, it's been forever. It's way too long. Um, Yeah. And so I was really excited to see her come back. And I think it's kind of fun that she's gone rogue. It sounds like, looks like. And yeah. So I was super excited to see she's come back. And yeah, that scene was like, hello. Hello. Agent yes. Carter, kicking yes. booty. Agent 13. Yes. Um, I was here yes. for it. <laughs> yep. Um, just the banter, the banter between two of them, too. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. The the We're in therapy together. <laughs> the, <laughs> the staring the contest. contest. How <laughs> old are you two? Which like, that oh. made me laugh because, you know, Bucky's smirk because he's like, yeah, I'm like 100 and something. It's fine. Yes. So... <laughs> funny and i love when he's like hanging on the bottom of the trailer like the bottom of the semi yes Falcon's like you got your ass beat by a girl or something like that i was like i'm dead and he's just like ah i swear i swear he misses he misses steve because he's like sam does not have sam just jumps out of the airplane although steve did that in winter soldier (laughs) just saying um but yeah no that uh, I'm actually super excited about Zemo being back. He's a great yes. villain. And he's he really off, is. And Daniel Brühl is so good. He's just so Brühl. Is it Brühl? I feel like I'm saying his name wrong. I apologize. I honestly don't know how to say it. Um, he's amazing, though. I love him and other things. He's brilliant. And he was really good in Civil War. I mean, he held his own in a cast of, like, super beings and superstars. Yeah. And yeah, no, what I, very yeah, and what I love about Zemo, the character, and how they're framing him is that he's a villain without superpowers, but he's super smart, and that's almost more terrifying. Um, to, very much so because you can negate or counteract somebody's powers if you know them well enough, but going against somebody that's intelligent like that and calculating, total different ball game. And, It'd be like going against you, Ashley. <laughs> your nerd level i'd just a, be like in a trivia scared. game <laughs> yes right absolutely uh thank you i'm a super villain i like it <laughs> or i'm super smart like reed richards i'll take that one too but, i mean either way <laughs> it depends okay, on the day you take it how you want it doesn't matter it, it depends on the day uh mm-hmm. but the fact that he, in his voiceover, he says superheroes shouldn't be allowed to exist. And it, he's like, I'm not giving up on my mission. And his mission that we know of in Civil War was to break the Avengers apart, to get rid of superheroes. And Zemo is the head of several different evil organizations, two of which are high possibilities to be brought into the MCU. One being the Thunderbolts, which has kind of been rumored to be in development but also the Masters of Evil, which include several Spider-Man villains who may or may not be coming back in Spider-Man 3. 
Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Weird. It's all connected. <laughs> it is all connected, isn't it? Because at first I was like, I wonder which movies this is going to tie into. But then as I sat and like ruminated on it, I was like, oh, 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 yeah. No, that's that's it. <laughs> so. Well, it's like every time I have a random theory, I go, well, where could this theory go? <laughs> like, what else do we know right. about this coming up? Who have I seen cast and what? <laughs> like, right. Does this theory have any ounce of validity? Can I make this work? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or no, no, that's way too far. out. <laughs> right. How far of a stretch is this one? Yeah. That's always what I like to do too. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, speak- oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, because we're talking about Spider-Man 3. It's been a while since we've said anything about Spider-Man 3. <laughs> More casting rumors, right? No. No, this time Tom Holland was in an interview and he did not yes. spoil anything. So that's news. <laughs> the, or did he? <laughs> uh, I mean, all he said was, I can say that it's the most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made. That's big words. It really is. But he also said he doesn't know anything about Maguire or Garfield's involvement with the film. He has not seen them yet and he doesn't know about it. That's what he said. Um, but I'm pretty sure Willem Dafoe has been seen on sets and he was the Green Goblin back in the day. He also died in the original films, but I mean, it's the comic book world. Nobody's really dead, right? Right. So it's what, it's what I like to call Marvel dead or dead dead. <laughs> right. And we've had that conversation about who needs to stay dead dead. <laughs> sure have. <laughs> Not comic book dead. <laughs> Jane Foster. <clears throat> <laughs> But for real dead. <laughs> All right. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> and uh, then we have, I mean, I guess not Marvel at all, but still in the same franchise. So Flora and Ulysses is coming to Disney Plus February 19th. And that looks like a cute movie. I think it'll be good. It's based on a book. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so 10-year-old girl Flora, she's an avid comic book fan and self-avowed cynic and her parents have recently separated flora rescues a squirrel named ulysses and is amazed to discover that he possesses unique superhero powers which take them on adventures um full of humorous complications that ultimately change flora's life and her outlook forever and i will say that while not directly related it kind of reminds me of like squirrel girl right yeah the whole, like, like superhero squirrel thing and uh, but yeah, it looks cute. Yeah. Looking forward to screening that. And um, Same. I think my girls would like the book. So yeah, I I think it's cute. I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, who wouldn't want a pet squirrel that has superpowers? I mean, I would. That'd be awesome. I mean, as long as it doesn't bite me, I'm good. <laughs> and in the trailer, she's talking about Marvel heroes. So it's kind of connected. Yes. Yeah. No, you know, and honestly, there is probably some inspiration yeah. yeah, I mean, the squirrel definitely does the superhero landing, which I I laughed at. <laughs> I was like, there it is, because I always hear Deadpool in my head whenever someone oh, lands goodness. like that. Oh, there it comes, the superhero landing, which has to be bad on the knees. Like, I don't understand why they always land like that. Oh my gosh, terrible on the knees. I was a catcher, like, in softball and baseball, and it hurt. Friends, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Join us next week as we share all the breaking and exciting fandom news. And as always, if you see anything you want to share with us, tag us on Twitter at Whiskey and Sunshine and Matt Ashley Aaron. Until next time, geeks.